0: Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. Um, there's some mother figures in this house who are mother figures for me personally as well. And uh, people that mean a lot to me, that check in on me, that encourage me. That, um, you know, do what mums do And I really value that as well So thank you for who you are And I wanted to honour the mother of this house today as well uh, My wife who was leading worship today And uh, it's been eight years now of Hope Community And mothering, uh, you don't always get to see what happens behind the scenes But um, each one of you is, is like a little um, family member to her And uh, we're wired up very differently and the beautiful thing about mothers is they have so much love and compassion. Not to say that I don't, okay? I love you and I care for you as well, but mothers have this beautiful ability to do that and to lead from that place as well and so we just honour you today as well, Liz. Um, God is doing some great things. I was thinking about what's happened this week and we had our um, seniors morning tea on Tuesday morning and it was unbelievable. It was definitely a highlight of my week this week as everyone gathered together. um, There were about 50 or something like that. So a really good number and we got together. And then I just thought it's worth mentioning on Friday night, if you see any of our young people or even Maddie Wardlaw, um, limping, struggling a bit today. That's because the youth did Zumba on Friday night. And uh, Matt actually does have an injury. He tells me he sustained because he attempted to do the worm. (laughs) Now, um, he he can't do the worm anymore, okay? And so anyway, you can ask him about that and how that went. Uh, He will not be able to claim work cover for doing the worm in Zumba on Friday nights at youth. Uh, but we will pray for him and uh, it will all be okay. So anyway, happy Mother's Day, we are going to get into the word this morning. Um, today we're actually launching into a new series and it's a series on prayer and uh, part of our vision for this year, we really felt that the Lord was calling us to focus on two specific areas in this year or this season ahead. Um, And it actually started last year in COVID. And those two areas are discipleship and prayer. And uh, there's a few different reasons behind that, but we really felt with this area of prayer that God is calling us deeper, that He's growing our heart for prayer, and that He's calling more and more people into this space. And so we're jumping into this series. We're following up from that series that Pastor Tim preached on the kingdom. Wasn't it great to have him here for three weeks He's a character. Hey, I actually took some time to listen to his messages this week and uh, praise God for him. I did see that he dobbed me in with my photo from my holidays. Uh, so Liz and I were on three, three weeks holiday of the school holidays. And uh, unless, just in case you missed the photo that Tim actually got to show, I do have a photo just from our holiday. Just to remind you today, um, I think that's my toe in the bottom left-hand corner. And right in that moment, just as I was overlooking the pool, and I think I was actually waiting for my salt and pepper calamari to be delivered. At that time, as I thought, I'd take a photo just to remember that. But we had we had an amazing break, and it was um, you know it's always good to have a rest and get away. I hope that you've been able to do that recently. But there's a bit of a story behind this holiday that I wanted to start with this morning, because. Um, pro- we actually we actually went to Cairns. That's where I was. That's where we were staying, and I took that photo. So it was beautiful weather. But prior to that, we actually had this road trip planned in Western Australia. And uh, for our holidays, we were going to fly over to WA, and we were going to road trip up the north coast of of Western Australia. And of course, when COVID hit, Brisbane, Western Australia locked their borders. Our holiday fell apart. We were stuck in this limbo space for a while because we didn't know what we were actually going to be allowed to do. We're we're even going to be allowed to leave Brisbane and our holidays are coming up. So we're thinking, what are we going to do? Anyway, eventually we found out, yes, we're going to be able to go somewhere within Queensland. By that stage, the bad news was that Queensland was just like fully booked so, how do you find a holiday when everything is booked? And so we're online and we're doing all our research and we're trying to find somewhere to stay. Anyway, we come to Cairns, we're looking on all these websites for places to stay. Everything's fully booked. And just felt this prompting, Holy Spirit prompting to say, hey, call this place and just see if there's any chance they've got anything. So I pick out the phone, I call this place. This lovely lady answers and I said, Hey look, we're just calling to see if there is any chance we're going to be able to get a room over the school holidays. And she's, she's kind of, at first she's a bit like, oh, good luck with that. And she says, you know, well, what dates are you looking at travelling? I tell her the dates. So she says, well, let me have a look. and She goes, well, actually, we might be able to help you out. She says, yeah, we do have a room available over those dates. And I said, well, that's great. We're keen. And she said, well, how many people have you got with you? And I tell her, well, we're a family of five, okay? And she says, oh, all right, well, you're actually going to need two rooms now. Now, this is a new thing for us, requiring two rooms when we go somewhere. So I said, "Right, well, like, really? Like, we can't just cram into one room? She said, no, you have to have two rooms. So I said, well, what are the chances of there being two rooms available? And she said, <laughs> you know. So i uh, all right. She says, well, let me have a look. Let me have a look. And she says, hang on. Let me see what I can do. And she says, oh, yeah, I can move this. And she's talking away while she's doing stuff on her computer. Move these people. Away. Yep, yep, yep. Actually, I can find two rooms. And then she says, hang on a tick. And she does some more stuff on her computer. I've even found two rooms. Side by side, they have an adjoining door in the room. And so she said, well, that's perfect. Now, I'm thinking of the cost. We're not, just, we're not just getting one room now, we're getting two. So I'm like freaking out here. Okay, so I'm like, all right, so what are we looking at for that? And she tells me the number. and I think, well, actually, that's not too bad. And she says, well, hang on, I can do some stuff for you here. And she says, actually, like, if you join this club and you do this and you do this, I can knock this huge chunk off this price and you'll even get breakfast every day as well. I said, well, wouldn't that be wonderful? I think we'd be happy to do that. So I hang up, all right? I book it all in. I hang up. And Lisa's like looking at me like, what just happened? And I said, I just got the right person. And we are going to Cairns, baby. (laughs) Don't you love it when you talk to the right person? Have you ever been in those situations where you just come to a dead end, you hit that wall and you feel like there is no way we're getting through this, there is no way this can happen and then you talk to the right person and the right person is just able to make stuff happen, right? And where am I going with this? This is what I believe it's like when we come to pray. That the Father is the right person to speak to on every occasion. It doesn't matter what your situation is. It doesn't matter the purpose, but He is the right person to talk to. He is the only one who can actually make things happen. He is the only one who, who really, really cares for you. And when everything else seems like it can't work out, he's the one to run to, but he's also that person just to talk to, to connect with every single day. And here's the thing, is that when we introduce a series on prayer, when we start to talk about prayer in church, there is a huge number of people that instantly start to feel guilt because we all know that we have a prayer life that has room for improvement, right? This is is an area I am not going to ask for a show of hands, is when it comes to how you feel about your prayer life. I found this quote, J.D. Greer, he's a um, Christian pastor and author. He says, if you really want to embarrass the average Christian, just ask them to tell you about his or her private prayer life. That's the one thing most Christians are woefully deficient in. Now that's some pretty strong language, hey? I don't know, would you describe your prayer life as being woefully deficient? Some of us would. But here is the truth of this, and here is where we need to get breakthrough, is that prayer was never meant to be about guilt. Prayer was never meant to be a chore. Prayer is this incredible opportunity for us to connect with our Heavenly Father. Prayer is meant to be a place where our faith is expressed and worked out. Prayer is meant to be a place where miracles are released when we come to the Father. Prayer is meant to be this place where we build intimacy with our Heavenly Father, where we grow in that place. Guilt and shame and burden and chore are not meant to be associated with prayer in any way. Are you with me on this? And so I'm going to jump into some Scripture today. And I'm going to show you this. I hope that it's preached different to how you've ever heard prayer preached before because we need a fresh revelation. Can I tell you this, that your effort to pray is probably not going to get you anywhere. You having more commitment is probably not going to get you anywhere. We all know that when we try, how many people have still got that membership, gym membership that they hardly ever use, right? Our effort and our commitment very rarely gets us anywhere. But if we have a revelation, if we have an encounter in this space and out of that place we're drawn to the Father, then we're actually going to see some change in this area. So if you have your Bibles, turn to uh, Luke chapter 11. While you're doing that, I'm just going to pray right now. We're just going to ask God to really speak. Heavenly Father... Uh, we just give you this time, Holy Spirit, right now, we welcome you to come to teach, uh, to inspire, to encourage us in this area. I, play, I pray that even as, uh, even as I'm preaching this morning, Lord, that Holy Spirit, you are helping people to encounter your revelation. Words of truth, words of life, Father, that we might actually know you more. From that place, Lord, we have faith that great things can happen, Lord. And so we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Luke chapter 11. Uh, I think it's NLT that I'm reading from. The title of this passage is Teaching About Prayer. It says, Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished One of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. That's a part I really want you to notice, that part. I'm going to unpack that in just a moment. But it goes on. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Pastor Tim touched on this a couple of weeks ago. He said, Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield... To temptation, I'm going to stop there for a moment. I want some creative licence here this morning because I want to actually speak into something in the context of what is happening here, believing that it's going to help us understand this further. So we read that Jesus had been praying. As he finishes, A disciple comes and says, teach me to pray. Something about Jesus I want you to know is that once his ministry had begun, I'm not sure that Jesus had a lot of free time. He was a busy guy. And if you read the Gospels, you'll see that things took off very quickly for him. And it wasn't long before crowds of people were actually following him around everywhere that he went. And those crowds of people were making demands of him constantly. They wanted him to teach. They wanted him to heal. They wanted him to come over here and see this person and see that person and be in this place and do this and do that. And the Pharisees wanted to speak to him and the Gentiles and the Jews wanted to speak to him. Everyone wanted a piece of Jesus, right? And here's Jesus and he's going around everywhere and he's healing people and he's teaching people. Everywhere, and he's travelling everywhere. And some of us who are busy, like we understand what it means to be busy, right? But in the midst of that busyness, Jesus still has the capacity to be able to care for people. In the midst of the busyness, Jesus still has the capacity to have compassion, to hear people to actually connect with the Father and be led by the Holy Spirit when it comes to what God actually wants him to do. Even in all the midst of the busyness, Jesus still had time for people. And we read this passage and we see that one day he's praying and as he finishes, the disciple the disciple comes to him and says, Lord, teach us how to pray. Now, if you think about this, the disciples with Jesus all the time, right? Like they're literally camping out. They're on the road, travelling together, side by side, 24-7. And so the disciples are seeing everything that is happening with Jesus. And I, I, I think what's actually happening here is the disciples begin to notice something else. The disciples begin to notice that even in all the busyness, Jesus makes time to pray. Now, that would have been something that would be very easy for Jesus not to do. Like it would have been easy for Jesus to say, well, actually, I'm going to sleep, right? But Jesus makes time to pray. And so the disciples are noticing this. They see him make the time to retreat to a quiet place. They see him get up early. He's been stay, he stayed up late, right? Healing people, doing Jesus stuff. And he wakes up early the next morning so he can retreat and go and pray and be with the Father. Okay, so they're watching this. Now, what makes things even more interesting in this situation is if you know anything about Jewish culture, okay, and I'm going to give you a very quick lesson this morning, all right? Now, I did have to brush up on my Jewish culture here, and so um, I went to the source of all wisdom, which is Wikipedia, (laughs) all right? And Wikipedia tells me, that from a very young age, Jewish boys would actually go to the synagogue and there they would learn the Torah, the Hebrew Scriptures. They would learn um, how to memorise it. They would learn about it. Um, The girls would stay at home and they would learn from home as well. But that started from a young age, generally about five years old. They were taught the Scriptures. Not only were they taught the Scriptures, they were taught how to pray. And so they were taught Jewish prayers. They came out of a Jewish prayer book. It was called the Siddur. And it, and it contained a pattern of um, daily prayers and prayers for every occasion. Now, I was looking at these prayers online and starting to learn about this. And this is incredible, okay? There, there's a prayer for everything that you could ever imagine. And they, they, they memorise these prayers And they pray them throughout their day. Okay, So starting from the very morning, when you wake up in the morning, there's a prayer when you wake up. Sometime after that, there's another prayer that you pray, thanking God for restoring your soul in the morning. And as you pray this prayer, you wash your hands and you also declare a blessing at the same time. Now the list goes on. There's a whole heap of prayers that you pray just in the morning. Um, Things like, thank you God for the Torah. Um, Thank you God for our basic functions. Daily they pray, thank you, Lord, that we can see. God, thank you that we have clothes. God, thank you that uh, we're mobile, that we're healthy. Now, this is just in the morning, okay? And so um, as you continue to look at these prayers, as I said, there's a prayer for every single occasion. So I just thought I'd tell you some of the prayers that I love personally. If, If you were to pick up a mango, right, And you were to think to yourself, man, that mango smells good. Any mango lovers in the room? Well, there's a prayer for that. And so they have a prayer that has the purpose of engaging your gratitude and connection with God in that moment. And here it is. It says, Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who gives pleasant smells to fruit. Isn't that cool? And you can remember that. Next time you have a mango and you're like, the Lord made this, this mango. Unbelievable. It smells so good. Thank you, Lord. Isn't that great? All right, let me give you another one. Um, what have I got here? If you see a rainbow, all right, if we see a beautiful rainbow, what do most of us do? We get our phones out and we get our Instagram pic, right? And it, go, it goes online and it usually does have a beautiful thank you, God, for your promises or something like that, okay? So we, we, we're getting there. This, this is what would happen if a Jew saw a rainbow. They would pray this. They would say, Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who remembers the covenant and who is trustworthy in his covenants and fulfils his words. Yeah. Now, are you starting to get the gist here? There, 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 there are these prayers... Not only just a daily pattern of prayer, but prayers for every occasion. Now, if you're a busy person and you weren't too interested in praying, you'd be kind of trying to walk around like this, right? Like, I don't want to see anything. I don't want to smell anything. I just want to get through my day. Don't really have a lot of time to pray, okay? But they're going through their day and all these things are triggering these responses. Oh, look at that beautiful tree. I need to pray about that. Thank you, Lord. Okay, are you still with me? Where am I going With this, here's where I'm going, is that the disciples were Jews, okay? They knew how to pray. They were professional prayers. They had been taught and trained to pray from a young age. They prayed all day, every day. And yet as they spend time with Jesus... They realise we know a lot about praying but there is something different when this man prays and they want it. They come to him and say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Now I know that took a lot of explaining okay? and I'm actually speaking into a context here which is not directly written into the scriptures but this is stuff that we have to kind of try and understand if we want to get the fullness of the revelation of what is taking place here. So here's a shortened version is I think the disciple that came to Jesus and asked him to teach him to pray realised that if I want to do what Jesus did, I need to be able to pray like Jesus prayed. He realised that I, if I want to have the relationship with the Father that Jesus has, then I need to learn like Jesus prays. And so he comes to Jesus and he says, teach me how to pray. We want to be able to pray like you pray. And I am convinced, that just as I believe the disciples were, that if we are not praying like Jesus, then we are missing out. This is my big revelation for you on prayer, okay? Now let me unpack this further. Who wants to miss out? No one wants to miss out, right? Turn to the person next to you and say, I don't want to miss out. That's the name of this message. (laughs) I do not want to miss out, okay? But sometimes we don't even know what we're missing out on, all right? And so I'm going to read on through this passage. We're going to find some more stuff in here. So verse 5. I'm, going to jump, I'm just going to jump over the Lord's Prayer, okay, because we're going to touch on that in other weeks. So we jump down to verse 5. It says, Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. This is Jesus. He says, Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, A friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom Don't bother me. The door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. Go away. Leave me alone, is what he's saying. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. I read this, and this is this is what this is what Dan hears, okay? Like Sunday school, Dan. So you were telling me that if I annoy God enough, that He will give me what I want. Yes. All right. Let me keep reading. We'll unpack that in a little bit. Uh, verse nine. And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive. What you ask for, keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? I really believe that if we are going to see more people praying, then we don't need to just construct some programs that are going to help people be more committed. We actually need a greater revelation of the Father's heart that results in us turning to Him in relationship and prayer. And so I want to show you a couple of things in this text that Maybe, hopefully, might stir us up to pray. Uh, number one, here's point number one. I pray because I depend on Jesus for everything. And so in this passage, the man goes to his neighbor's house. It is the middle of the night. He bangs on the door. He is desperate for him to help. There's some cultural stuff going on here. He needs to be able to provide for his guest. He has nothing to be able to give his guest. He really needs to be able to do that in a culture, in a cultural sense. There could be shame associated with him not being able to provide and honour his friend. So he really needs his neighbor's help in this situation. But there is a simple concept here at work that I find that often it's people who don't know Jesus actually understand this better than people who do know Jesus. All right, so just sit tight while I explain that with you. Most Christians don't pray because they depend on Jesus or even because they're desperate to see him work. Most Christians attempt to pray because they have been taught that that's what Christians do. Okay? Now, let me explain this more. I met a lady recently in the community. We got to talking And she had no church background, no Christian background. Wasn't even sure if she believed that God was true. But she had been in a season of massive challenge. Some really devastating stuff had happened in her life. And she was explaining to me how in that season she actually started praying to God. That the only thing she thought I can do is cry out to God. And even in that season... She felt like God was hearing her prayers. All right? Now, what if I told you that for us to actually get somewhere on this, that I want you to strip away any sense of obligation that you have been taught that you need to pray? Just get rid of that. Let's cut that out. Let's actually just rebuke that altogether. Any guilt that you carry in that space is not the Father's desire for you, okay? And what if I told you instead that God loves you and He actually is hungry to have a relationship with you and He wants to hear your prayers. He wants to hear what you have to say to Him. He wants to hear what you have to ask from Him. And just like the man who goes to his neighbor's house, there are things that are going to be on your heart that if you actually bring them to the Father long enough that there's a chance you'll see breakthrough in those areas. Doesn't that sound like something completely different? There is no sense of obligation in that. You're coming to Him because He is good. Over the past a uh, few years now, I've been getting into CrossFit just for something active to do. And as I've been like kind of learning about it and, you know, observing other people do it and training with coaches and things like that, uh, I've been getting online, I've been following some of the pros on Instagram and watching stuff on YouTube and doing all, all sorts of stuff. And one thing has really stood out to me when it comes to elite athletes this day, and this is a real shift, okay? Is that they have worked out there are three very vital ingredients to success, to athletic success. Now, number one is that you've got to do the work, okay? Uh, you're not going to achieve it if you're sitting on the couch, all right? Now, that's no great revelation. Uh, number two is that you have to eat right. You have to eat, and, like, you have to fuel your body in the right way. That's no great revelation either. But number three is that you have to sleep right. And science has showed now that you can do number one and two, but without number three, you're not going to get the results. That sleep is actually far more vital than they had ever realised when it comes to actually restoring your body and putting you in a position to do it all again. And so I'm online, I'm following some of these pro athletes and things like that and they are bragging about how much sleep they got the night before, right? And I'm like, I'm judging them in my heart, okay? Um, But doesn't that sound like a cool job? Yeah, I'm an elite athlete, man, I've got to get my sleep. I'm so sorry about that. But um, I reckon that sounds all right to me. Here's, Here's where I'm going with this, okay? Just like sleep is vital in that way, Prayer is vital in the life of a believer of Jesus. Um, we often use these analogies, and we often talk about it in this way, where we say it comes. It, it's like the Word of God is food for a follower of Jesus. Right? We eat it. It it gives us nutrition. It's how we're healthy. The funny thing is, the more we eat, the hungrier we get. Um, but the Word of God is like our food. The exercise for our bodies is when we actually do the will of God. It's our ministry. It's us living for the Lord and doing what he says. And prayer is like the air that our bodies need. It's like our spiritual breath. And so here's the thing. If you are eating the word and you are walking the walk, but you're holding your breath, then it's time to breathe. Because you cannot live for long holding your breath. It's not enough for us to simply pray because we know that we should pray or even because we want to be like Jesus. It's not enough. We need to be moved to prayer because we realise that our whole life is in His hands, that we actually depend on Him, that we are actually desperate for Him, whether it's provision, whether it's blessing over our family, whether it's a change in situations, whether it's something supernatural like healing, we are, we are desperate for Him. We depend on Him for everything. And here's number two. If I'm desperate for God to move, I will continue to pray until I see a breakthrough. I heard someone put it this way recently and I loved this. They said, we need to stop praying for things and we need to start praying through things. And I thought, isn't that great? Because that addresses those situations that actually are on our heart. They actually are a burden. And so often we find that we pray for them once and then that's it. No, I didn't see God do anything. Have you prayed for that? Yeah, I pray for it once. What if we were to pray through situations? What would we see God do in that space? This is what Charles Spurgeon says about this. He says, If you are sure it is a right thing for which you are asking, plead now. Plead at noon. Plead at night. Plead on. With cries and tears spread out your case. Order your arguments. Back up your pleas with reason. Urge the precious blood of Jesus Bring out the atoning sacrifice. Point to Calvary. Enlist a priest who stands at the right hand of God. And resolve in your very soul that if souls not be saved, if your family not be blessed, if your own zeal not be revived, yet you will die with the plea on your lips and with the appealing wish on your spirits. Now, that is hunger when it comes to prayer, right? We miss out on what God wants to do when we stop praying or when we forget to pray altogether. Now it's easier for some people than others. Um, I have a wife in my life and she's really good at keeping me accountable in this area. So I can come to her and I can tell her about something that's going on, how I'm struggling or something that needs to change and her first response is always, well, have you prayed about it? And of course my first response is always, yeah, of course I have, babe. Okay, it's, that's not true. But it's good to have people who keep us accountable in that space. And here's what I'm talking about when it comes to this, okay? I, like, I don't know if this can be achieved in its fullness through all our speed little prayers that we throw up through, through the day. And I'm not saying that they're not bad. That's what we do when we're we're in in friendship, when we walk in friendship with the Father. We're talking with Him constantly. Those things, are good. the Bible says, pray without ceasing. Keep praying those prayers. But here's what I think we're talking about in this space is intentional space to actually um, pray, to be with the Father, to build relationship, to be intimate with the Father. For me personally, I don't understand how I can foster that heart of prayer without at least having to write some stuff down or put some stuff in my phone. This is just for me, okay? I'm not I'm not saying this is how we need to do it. Okay, this is Dan's way of doing it. But I, I need my journal. I need to I need to be able to write down that today I, I am praying about this, Lord. And tomorrow, hey, I haven't seen that anything happen in that area. It goes on the list again. And even if I'm going to pray effectively for certain things, I can't keep all that in my head. I need to have that in some way that I can actually come and I can pray effectively, that I can bring it to God. That's how I actually feel like I can pray through things and not just pray for things. Are you with me? Okay, let me keep moving. Um, Just on that, just in this moment right here, Maybe right now Holy Spirit is prompting you of something that you have stopped praying for. Something that actually is heavy on your heart and maybe you've given up praying about it, maybe you didn't see any breakthrough, maybe you let it go, maybe things changed, I don't know. But maybe right now Holy Spirit is prompting you, how hey, you stopped praying about that. It's time to bring that back to the Father. It's time to start getting persistent, to press in and really give that to the Lord. Um, I, I know what, I know, on Mother's Day, I'm reminded of a great aunt I had. And she, uh, she was an amazing woman of God. She was a praying woman of God. And I was only young when I got to know her. Uh, she's in heaven now. But in that small amount of time that I got to know her, I realized that she is a persistent prayer and she prays for me. And there are times in my life when the Holy Spirit just whispers to me and says, Dan, you're walking out today things that your great aunt prayed for yesterday. So don't give up. Whatever those things are that you need to pick up and start praying for again, just listen to what God is saying this morning. Okay. Uh, Number three, just as a wrap up here. Um, I pray because God is good and he loves to give good gifts to his children. And so it says your fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? If they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? I was thinking about this, isn't this funny on Mother's Day? Um, who, who do your kids go to if they want something? This might be a controversial question. In our household, I know that they go to a different per- parent for different things, right? They've got it worked out pretty well. In this case, we're talking about our Heavenly Father and what He wants to provide for us, right? And so here's what you need to know. Team, you, you guys can come up. I'm going to wrap it here. But when you pray, is, is God hears Some people don't pray or some people have stopped praying because they don't actually know if it makes a difference. And God's word actually tells us that when we pray, God hears. When we pray, his hand is moved. You know what scripture actually tells us? I can't go into this in its fullness today, but scripture actually shows us that there are times where we pray once and the answer comes. There are uh, are times where we pray and it does not work like that. There are times where we have to pray seven times. There are times where we have to pray for 21 days before we see the breakthrough. There are times where we actually have to press in. And it's like it reaches a certain point where the Father says, "Okay, I've heard enough of this and it is time for me to move. I'm going to get involved here. And so that's an encouragement to some people here. But whenever we pray, the promise is that the Father gives His Holy Spirit. And if you know some of the roles of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit guides us and leads us. So if you need direction right now, you need to pray so the Holy Spirit can guide you and lead you. The Holy Spirit empowers us. And so if you're in a point in life right now where you feel like you need power, where you need strength, or maybe you actually need a miracle, you need to pray. You need the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit assures us of our salvation. So maybe if you're at a point in your faith right now where you're, you're questioning things, where you don't understand, maybe there's some doubt growing, maybe you're struggling with sin, you need to pray, you need to go to the Father so that He can assure you of His grace and His love and His forgiveness for you. How many people here have ever received something good from the Father in prayer, right? There are testimonies right across this room of God's incredible answers and responses to prayer. But that's not all it's about. There's other testimonies about what God has actually done in the lives of people as they have actually run to Him, as they've gone to Him and built intimacy with Him, that their hearts have changed, that their lives have changed, that in that space they've grown closer to the Father. I was reading about Billy Graham recently And towards the end of his life, he was asked this question. Someone asked him, Billy, would you do it all again? Uh, If you could do it all again, would you do it differently? Now, Billy Graham, he's considered by many as one of the most influential Christians of all time. His personal ministry, face to face, saw millions of people saved. His, His radio and TV ministry saw billions of people reached with the gospel. He was an amazing man of God. So he's had a big impact, right? Interesting question to ask a man like that. And Billy's reply to this question was that if he could do it all again, he would do it differently. He would spend more time in prayer and meditation. He would spend more time just telling God how much he loved him. That was Billy's answer then don't you think that's incredible? Don't you think that it would have been very easy for him to think, yeah, there was some wasted time in there. Could have held another crusade and maybe reached another million people in that place. Could have done a few more TV gigs and reached another billion people in that space. Could have done far more. But in all of that reflection, Billy says, I would have spent more time in prayer that impacts me, that stirs something up in me. That tells me that it's time for us to wake up. That tells me that it is time for us to have this revelation, this encounter with the Father's heart that actually draws us into that place where we actually desire to be in relationship with Him where we can throw out some of these models where we strive and we strive and we strive and we change our tact and we just try to get to Him. And in that place, God lights up something in us that we actually, we don't wanna go through anything without doing it with Him, in relationship with Him. It's time for guilt and obligation to be broken in Jesus' Name. It's time for in our house, Hope Community, for us to start to pray and ask that God will give people a revelation that's gonna lead them into a place where their every desire is that they bring everything to Him. It's time for us to realise that there are situations that will not change until we start to pray, that God's power is waiting to be released, that He is a good God who gives good gifts and His good gifts are waiting to be received, but we are missing out. What if we decide that we're gonna be people who no longer wanna miss out? I don't wanna miss out what He has for me. I don't wanna miss out on the unanswered prayers. I don't wanna miss out on the things that He has that I haven't received. I don't wanna miss out on the breakthrough. I don't wanna miss out on the supernatural. I don't wanna miss out on the salvations. I don't wanna miss out on the restored relationships. There is too much at stake. I don't wanna miss out on life done not in relationship with the Father. There's too much at stake for us to miss out. Can we stand? And I'm gonna pray right now as we sing this final song. My prayer is that there will be people in the room today that will have just a fresh revelation of the Father's love as we worship and as we finish up in this time. And that in that place, something will be birthed in you something will shift something will change that god will be drawing you in to a place where you want to be with him and so father right now in this room holy spirit we pray come as we worship you as we posture ourselves to receive from you father as we open our hearts to you lord holy spirit come there are some people in here who are so dry father they are desperate for a touch From you, Lord. They're desperate for rain from heaven to wash over them, to refresh them, to make them new, Lord. And their prayer life is dry as well, Father. In that same place, they've given up, they've questioned whether it even makes any difference. Holy Spirit, come right now. Bring an encounter that changes, we pray. Right across this room, I pray, Holy Spirit, draw to people who need your comfort this morning, Father that they're struggling right now, but they're doing it alone. Holy Spirit, come and touch them, Father. Draw them into a place where You say, I am here with you, you are not alone, you are mine and you are loved, let's do this together. God, I pray for those things that are in our hearts that have been forgotten and have been buried, Lord. I pray today that You stir those things up, Father that they'll be brought out of the ground, out of the dust, Father, that will start to come to you, that we'll start to petition you, Father, to seek breakthrough in Jesus' Name. Some of those things are people's names, their, their lives, their souls, people that we've been praying for and we've given up hope, Father. Renew the hope in those areas, I pray in Jesus' Name. Lord, break off obligation, break off shame and guilt. It is not from You, Lord. Come and touch people this morning, I pray, and set them free from that. There is no condemnation, Lord. Replace it with freedom, we pray in Jesus' Name, that people would see You and from that place, that they would be drawn to You, Father. Stir up prayer in our hearts, we pray in the mighty Name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.